Now, before we start, I'd just like to send a huge shout out to our sponsor today, Their Undies. Now, you've heard of Me Undies. Now, try the best. Their Undies is a world first subscription service which sends 100% used underwear direct to your door. Mate, it's no fuss and it's, it's bloody hassle free. And you know what the best bit is, Bob? What, mate? You don't even have to leave your house to get your hands on some used underwear. Fucking finally, mate. Sign us up. Yeah, sign up today. And uh, if you use the promo code DIRTYBOYS and tell them the boys sent you, you'll get a fucking free trial. Pretty sick. What do you reckon, dude? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. So let's get on with it. The Dirty Boys Network Podcast. Fuck you going? It's the fucking Dirty Boys here. How you doing? Uh, it's Bobby. This is Glenn. And welcome to uh, This Is Movie Reviews with, with the Dirty Boys. With the Dirty Boys. That's yep. us. And uh, look, me and Glenn have been mates for the past 15 years or so. We've always really had a fucking strong passion for music. But uh, over the uh, the past two weeks, we've developed an interest in movies. Movies are pretty fucking good. Pretty, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And uh, we've really been getting into it. And uh, we've been looking up some fucking critics that are out there. We saw, you know, David Strathorn and Margaret Pomegranate, and we just thought, you guys are old as fuck. You don't know what you're doing. Go back to the nursing home and watch fucking Lord of the Rings too. That's right. They don't know shit. Um, if I'm being frank, look, they've worked hard, but the fucking, they can retire. And it's time for the fucking real boys of uh, movie criticism to t- fucking take the reins. That's right. And we're only, only going to review the best films the fuck, out there. And we've fucking seen them. You know, you know that they're good movies because we've seen them, right? That's right. So stop interrupting me and just take my word for it. And the first film that we're going to watch is, review, sorry, is Speed 2 Cruise Control. You are officially on vacation. I was going to surprise you tonight, but uh, it's cruise. Caribbean. Since we last saw Annie, some things have changed. This almost seems too perfect, doesn't it? Some things. Want me to step on your feet? Haven't. Now you've just heard a clip from Speed 2 Cruise Control. That's the 1997 American action thriller film. That's right. It's a follow-up to the 1994 Speed 1 starring Kenyu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. That's right. Fucking Kenyu Reeves is so good. This time, you know, the, the original on a bus, this time bigger and better, they've formed it to a boat, Fuck. which is, you know, much more room to move around, stretch. It's it's going to be an action thriller on a boat. That's much right. Faster much faster um, than a bus. That's, that's right. It. So a bit of background uh, trivia into the production of Speed 1. Yeah, go for it, mate. Due to budget constrictions, uh, it was meant to be filmed inside a Toyota Corolla. Oh, really? Can you imagine the film inside a Toyota Corolla? Oh, really? You can't even put a fucking camera in one of those things? No, it was always going to be tight and problematic due to the majority of the film being set inside the Toyota Corolla. Yeah. However, once they cast the main villain of the film, Dennis Hopper, he actually was homeless at the time and living on a bus. Wow. In fact, the very bus that you see in Speed 1. You know what's amazing? Because I flipped through the script the other day. And it's said it's set inside a Toyota Corolla, mm. but throughout it, it keeps saying bus. Yeah. So yeah. they say bus throughout it, but it's set in a Toyota Corolla. It's a Toyota Corolla, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But um, so when the director approached him and said, listen, we really want you, Dennis Hopper, to be the bad guy in this villain. Yeah. By the way, can we use 
that bus, your home as the form of transport in the yeah. movie. Can and you he, have a shower? Can you get ready in 20 minutes clean when you up. shoot inside your home? That's right. And then as payment, we'll let you sleep inside the Toyota Corolla that Great we had. deal. So with the success of this film, they were able to make a bigger and better film, which was Speed 2 Cruise Control. Yeah. Speed awesome. 1 was always going to be the stepping stone to make this better and faster film. That's right. Speed 2. Yeah. Cruise Control. Fantastic. Seems odd. Yes, it is odd. They're abandoning ship in the middle of the night. They can't stop. Melly PD. You what? Somebody find the captain. And they can't. The captain is dead. Get off. Now, Glenn, we have to talk about the lead actors in this movie, Speed 2, Cruise Control. Yeah. Now, actual fucking powerhouse couple uh, continued on from the first one, Kenny Reeves and Sanji Bollocks. Yeah. Now, We've got the chemistry from the first one leading straight into the second film. Yeah, almost seamlessly. Like It's almost like they got off the fucking bus, they went straight into the port, and then they just kept going with it. Glenn, with this movie, we really have to address the fucking elephant in the room with this one. I it, know where you're going with this. Yeah, if you look closely at the movie's poster, and even at the credits scene, if you look for the name Kenyu Reeves... Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. It's not even in it. Mm. Despite working bloody tirelessly on Speed 2 Cruise Control. He had the rug pulled out from underneath him. Yeah. Pretty sad. He put all the effort into it and mm. didn't get any credit for it. In fact, it went to someone else called Jason Patrick. Who yeah. He was the biggest Hollywood star working today. Yeah. If you... If you Basically, if you go around Hollywood and you yell the name Jason Patrick, people know what you're talking People about. turn around and be like, that is the number one actor that yeah. of all time. And that's because people believe that he's the lead actor in the movie Speed 2, Cruise Control. And he fucking isn't. It's the world's biggest fucking Tragic. fraud that mm. I've ever heard of. And because of this, uh, Kenya Reeves developed severe depression. Mm. Um, he went on to write the script for Speed 3. Why, well, just to get his career back in track, I guess. Yeah, he did. So he... Wrote the script for Speed 3, um, which was only consisted of 15 pages, having a runtime of 23 minutes long. Mm. He wanted to go back to the roots of the original Speed 1 and have it filmed on a Toyota Corolla, wow. demanding that the film be called Speed 3 Cruise Corolla. Um, no production company were ever going to finance this yeah. film because you, know, you had Speed 1 on a bus, Speed 2 on a leisure cruise, and then Speed 3 inside a Toyota Corolla. And that was the problem with the original idea, is because they couldn't fit... A camera inside the Toyota Corolla, and then Keanu was like, "No, it's set inside a Toyota Corolla. We have to make this work. It's, it's, written, it's yeah. written in the script." And they said, "No, we can't mm. do it. Yeah, we but can't do it. It's physically impossible." Who is running the ship? Oh yeah, I am. So while we're talking about characters, I think it's important yeah. to address the villain of the film, played mm. by Willem Dafoe. Oh, um, so good. A force to be reckoned with, right? Yeah, no, um, fantastic. I mean, you ask someone these days, you say, you know, who's the, the baddest villain in all film? And yeah. people jump on, you know, Hannibal oh. Lecter. Yeah, the the basic instincts of the world. The Darth Vader's. Darth Vader's, you know, Those yeah, characters. All those people. They're great, they're mm. fine, but then there's a shelf above, and yeah. that's Willem Dafoe. Fuck yeah. Um, and... You know, I was kind of watching the scene where he's putting uh, leeches all over his body. Do you remember that? Mm. He's just in the in the bathtub. He's putting leeches on himself. And I myself, I felt a tingling around the left side of my body. Yeah, I think all audience members would have felt yeah. the same. Do you feel that as well? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, fuck, I'm definitely getting moved by this performance. I should definitely not see a doctor about that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. Amazing. And that's the magic of Speed 2 Cruise Control. Cruise Control. When it comes to this absolute masterpiece of a, a film, Speed 2 Cruise Control, Mm. We have to give all credit to James DuPont, the director. Yeah, absolutely. He 
absolutely bloody pulled it off in this movie. And, you know, he just pulls off the kind of realism that you just didn't get with Titanic. No, and that came out the year before. Yeah. And a lot of people expected that to be a blockbuster, mm. you know, big film on a boat. Yeah. And then Speed 2 came out of the way and just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And to, to, see, that's that's what you don't hear of enough. And basically, you know, Titanic's absolutely unbelievable. Who made that iceberg? It's mm. never explained. Yeah, and you look at the wreckage sites of mm. Titanic and there's no iceberg to be found. And yep. you just think, did it really get hit by an iceberg? I know. Where'd it go? And I think the main problem with Titanic was is there's no performance from Sandra Sully, yep. Kenny Reeves or yep. Willem Dafoe. And mm. you just, you realise it's... Not it's, as good film. It's an empty movie and, you know, these these people who uh, really laud Titanic as being one of the great disaster movies of all time have clearly not watched Speed 2 Cruise control. control. And, you know, good luck to them. They're going to get fucked. Are you going to stop me now, my friend? <laughs> that was odd. What kind of cop are you? You're going to get us all killed. Now, Glenn, it's time to rate the movie. Um, now, it's no secret we obviously love this one. Well, it's a masterpiece. You can't deny that. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, dare I say near perfect. What would you give it? Uh, well, considering the runtime of two hours, I would have liked to have had it a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. And um, because of the film Speed 2 Cruise Control, they never actually get control of the cruise ship. Yeah. As the film suggests, oh, I would yeah. probably give it a 4.5. 4.5. Yeah, look, I probably have to agree with you on that one, but for different reasons. Um, I would have liked some kind of acknowledgement of kind of the themes in the first movie to really carry on that theme. Like, I was expecting the bus to sort of come back. As a cameo performance. Yeah, like, mm. you know, really get back to the roots. Um, I mean, there's a fat chance we're going to see the bloody Toyota Corolla in this one. But, yeah. um, you know, just a little cameo from the bus. You know, is that too difficult to ask, to have the yeah. bus on the ship? Um but yeah, Speed 2 Cruise Control. Pretty good. Four and a half Four from and the half. boys. There it is. Fuck yeah. Speed 2 Cruise Control. How do you like your vacation so far? Man, I just bought a condo here. Glenn, mate, what do you got there? I'm just sniffing my undies, or should I say their undies? Whoa, is that the uh, subscription service where yeah. you used underwear? That sounds fantastic. 100% used cotton, and I'm in 100% pure delight with every sniff. Wow, that's amazing. And the best thing about their undies is you, there are no returns because these are technically returns from somewhere. And um, if you use a promo code uh, Dirty Boys, you can get yourself on a free trial. Yep. Just uh, Dirty Boys, tell them the boys sent you, and uh, yeah. Get yourself some their undies today. All right, Glenn, we're on to our second movie review for the day. Yeah, and as we mentioned, Kenna Rees really had a hard time after Scream 2 Cruise Control. That's right. And um, when Jason Patrick was found to be credited over his movie, Kenu uh, confronted him in New York. Did you know about this? Yeah, yeah. And he said, like, Jason, mate, what's the deal? You weren't in Speed 2 kissing on Sandra Sully. I was. And Jason said something to the effect of, you'll never work in this town again. It really shook him really bad. Yeah, that's right. And then Ken Urees went on to uh, actually write, uh, he went home to write his own screenplay mm. titled Speed 3, The Matrix, yeah. but then later on was titled The, the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's listen to a, a clip from The Matrix. Whoa. Have you ever had? 
had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real. What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? All right, you've just heard a clip there from The Matrix. That's the 1999 film starring Keanu Reeves. And as we say, it's the follow-up to his movie, Scream 2, Coup's Control. That's right. It's directed by Martin and Joey Wachowski, better known as the Wazowski Brothers. Yeah. Uh, it's a mind-bending movie, transcending a science fiction genre. Yeah. We follow the main character, Neo, our hero of the movie, as he has a nine-to-five job and a pretty awesome lifestyle. Yeah, he's got a really cool computer at his desk and that kind of thing. And then he meets Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishbird. Uh, he's a southern gangster who tempts Neo with drugs, only to uh, lure him into the shitty world known as the Matrix. The Matrix. Let's listen to a clip. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Now, Bobby, we have to talk about Lawrence Fishbird. Yeah. We know him in movies such as Boys in the Hood, its sequel, Biker Boys, mm. his Oscar-nominated performance in What's Love Got to Do With It, and his breakout role in Pulp Fiction. That's right. And he here in The Matrix, he plays sort of a deadpan character. And after the success of Pulp Fiction, Fishbird actually got a big head. And he said to the Wazowskis, if you want me on this movie, then you will not let me read the script. Yeah, that's right. The Wazowskis said... We need you to know your lines. And Fishbird simply replied, I got better lines to give. Jeez. When they tried to recast him for another actor, Fishbird just kept on showing up on set and eating the craft catering. So then they got a bit scared and said, Well, okay. He keeps standing in front of the camera and it's costing the production. So they approached Fishbird and said, This was all a test. That's exactly the kind of performance we want. And he got the part. It's awesome. What is happening to me? The answer is out there, Neo. It's the question that drives us. What is the Matrix? The Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Now, at the beginning of our podcast, we said that we would only review the good movies. Mm. But The Matrix is surely not the best movie that we've ever seen. No. In fact, we could say that it's one of the worst. That's right. Now, stick with us on this one. The movie is absolutely rife with continuity errors. Have you heard about this? Yeah, they're pretty famous. Yeah. In one scene, Neo has a lush head of hair. And then when he turns up after a nap in the Matrix, it looks like he's just got a haircut. It's completely shaved. Now, the Wazowskis were furious when Keanu got back from Just Cuts. They said to him, why the fuck did you get a haircut? And then he said he had a cheap deal with a shopper docket down at Franklin's. Yeah, and the Wazowskis changed their tune immediately and stopped production for about two days so the cast and crew could get discount haircuts. Yeah, and this was left in the film. They didn't think people would notice this. And it's still to this day one of the biggest continuity errors in history of film. Absolutely shameful. Mm. Now, there were two worlds happening in The Matrix. Um, one of them is sort of during the day when stuff is looking pretty awesome. And then there's one when the sun goes down, when everything looks really drab and gross. That's while they're sleeping. Yeah, so there are plenty of plot holes in this film as to why what is happening, why the only valuable food is porridge. Yeah, or why they're sleeping all the time, or why they're all dressed like shit. Like, why in some scenes are there holes all over their bodies, and why in some scenes they're, they're not. That's right, and the real world looks absolutely nothing like the real world we're in now. And I feel like uh, the Wazowskis wanted to replicate what's it, what it's like to be in the real world, but 
They get it so wrong. They completely failed on this. They're watching you, Neo. Human beings are a disease. You are a cancer of this planet. And we are the cure. Now, Bobby, I think it's time to address the main villain in the film, mm. Mr. Smith, played by the Aussie legendary actor Hugo Weaving. Yeah, um, now... Hugo Weaving plays Neo's boss, Mr. Smith, and uh, Mr. Smith is looking for Neo to return to work as he's approaching the maximum sick days for the year. But what Mr. Smith doesn't realise is that Neo has joined a southern gangster cult led by Morpheus. And I think a lot of people reckon Hugo is the main villain of the film, but that's from the point of view of somebody who doesn't understand the message of the movie. Yeah, that's a a common misconception with the audience. A lot of people had that problem. Yeah, I agree. Um, And Neo's risking losing his sweet lifestyle and cruisy computer job, and Mr. Smith is just looking to get him to show up on time, that's all. Yeah, Mr. Smith, throughout the film, often confronts Neo, saying, come on, your performance is declining, it's time to pull your socks up. But, like, unfortunately for Neo and the computer business, it's too late. Neo has fallen down what the movie calls the rabbit hole and joined already the southern gangsters that have approached him and their shitty porridge and their bad clothes. Yeah. In this film, Mr. Smith really steals the show. Yeah. There's an iconic scene about halfway through the film where Mr. Smith goes off the script and really breaks Neo down. Yeah. Oh, man. This scene was electric. I can't believe he wasn't nominated just for this scene alone. Let's listen to the scene from The Matrix. Yeah. You any kind of artist? Anybody know who you are? Maybe everybody else wants to enjoy the peace and quiet. This is one of the most important places in all of North America. Who are you? Who are you? You miserable, presumptuous, no talent. You're no artist. An artist respects the silence that serves as the foundation of creativity. You obviously don't have the talent. You don't have enough respect for yourself or other people or in what it is to express yourself. In music or any other form of creativity. Wow. Such a dynamite scene, that one. Mm. Other than that, the movie really loses itself in such an unbelievable world. I agree. Look, The Matrix is often said to be like a science fiction movie and one of the best. But once you take it apart and once you analyse it like we have, you can really see the flaws. You can see why Lawrence Fishbird was hesitant to read such a bad script. Yeah, it's a film that really doesn't hold up to other science fiction films like Weird Science, Species 2 or even Biker Boys. I agree, mate. Um, So, Glenn, what would you rate the movie? What would you give The Matrix? Would you recommend it? Uh, It's a flat film with hundreds of errors and it looks like a preschooler directed it. But just for that scene alone with Mr. Smith, I'd have to give it two stars. Two stars. Look, I agree with you. Although there was another scene that really stuck with me. Um, It's a scene where Kinu goes, what is The Matrix? And it stuck with me because I don't fucking know either. Unfortunately, no one can be told what The Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Oh, it's time for our favourite segment this week. You know what time it is, Glenn? Oh, yeah. I know what time it is. Yeah. Look, let's not be prudes. We're two amorous young men who like to have a bit of fun. So I think it's time we start our most controversial segment, Glenn. Yeah, Bobby. It's time for Sex Scene of the Week. Now, our Sex Scene of the Week comes from the 1987 classic Risky Business. And in this scene, it's pretty saucy. Mm-hmm. Now, let's set the scene. It's night time. We enter the house. And the girl walks in. Do you remember her name? 
Uh, no, but uh, it's not really important. I can't really remember either. But right there, oh yeah, we're introduced to our main man, Mr. Thomas Cruise. Oh yeah. And uh, there's a bit of tension between the two characters, I remember. Yeah, and as the audience, we don't really know or understand what the tension is because we kind of skip to the sex scene. Yeah, and uh, Tom Cruise is on fire in this scene. You can tell he's been working out. Yeah. And he's got a great hairstyle. Oh, yeah, he does. And this is when Tom Cruise, you know, I think he just got into show business. Yeah, that's right. He was at the beginning of his career. And between the two characters, it's electric. But there's one problem with the scene. What's that? There just isn't enough of Tom Cruise in this scene. Oh, yeah. And it kind of leaves you wanting more. Yeah. This scene is unfortunately ruined by the presence of some other person that none of us know and nor care about. And good luck to her. Yeah. All right, Glenn. That is our podcast episode for the week. We hope you enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, and uh, make sure to hit us up on the social media channels. Uh, like, subscribe, and all that jazz. Yeah, and any other film suggestions that you want us to review, let us know, and we'll review them for you. Yeah, that's right. Or we'll put them. We'll, we'll do what we want, but let us know what you want, and then we can read them, and then maybe decide if we want to respond. Respond. That's correct. Yeah. So uh, we've been the fucking dirty boys. And I hope you enjoyed the film review and uh, yeah. See you later. The Dirty Boys Network Podcast.